Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Righteous, ratchet, real. Real, Righteous, ratchet, and real. Real, real. I feel exposed. Okay. Welcome to the Righteous, Ratchet, and Real podcast. This podcast is for people who love God, but sometimes side-eye the church. We're three friends balancing the secular and sacred, the righteous and ratchet, as we discuss current topics through a gospel lens. We might say some things we're not supposed to. But you are probably thinking it anyway. You know how we say in the church. Charge to our head and not our heart. We're going to keep it real. Hello, hello, Righteous Ratchet and Real listeners. We are back for season two. We I back. know you missed us, but we back. We back. And so we just want to say, hey, I'm Keisha, Renee, Greta. Come on. What's, What's up, up people? We back. We back. We back. We out here. <laughs> We are, we are. And so we're so grateful that you were patient with us while we recuperated and, you know, rejuvenated and got what we needed to get done, done. And so we just are here ready to catch you up with us, what we've been doing, and then just catch up and do a little chit chatting about what's been happening in the world that's interesting to us that you guys may want to, uh, you know, listen a little bit of righteous, a little bit of ratchet, you know how we keep it over here, but a whole lot of real. And so let's just talk about our summer. What's, you know, the thing that you want to share with the people, what you've learned, experienced over your summer break anybody want to jump in first i i got you <clears throat> so my summer oh my god was so busy has been so busy my head has been spinning um had my son graduate from high school um that kicked off our summer it was a great time um he was able to actually start summer school so he's been in school he's been on campus he's so i'm talking about his summer lord um (laughs) but that was my that was my summer i mean i've been in full-on mama mode um since before graduation of course scholarship applications all the things um i have a new church so let's get into my stuff yes i have a new church um which is she's still AME y'all she's still still AME AME, yes a new AME church so uh, for those of you who don't know in the AME church um you can be moved we're itinerant pastors itinerant elders ministers whatnot and so you have the potential to be moved um for several different reasons uh they do demote this was not a demotion they'll do a lateral I've had a lateral before um, and then you get promotions as well. And so this was definitely a promotion. And so um, things are going very well. I'm extremely busy, um, but it's a good busy. And so we give God glory for all of that. Um, Brad, uh, I was telling myself, I'm not going to call names this, <laughs> this year, like y'all don't already know, but it's out there. Brad has been traveling a little bit more this summer. So that's not been 
a fun thing. So I've been at home alone, empty nesting, me and a dog, and the dog is on my last centimeter of a nerve. (laughs) Because I've told my husband and my son, this dog thinks that I'm his woman. (laughs) And he is my dude. And I'm tired of being sniffed. I'm tired of being followed. I'm tired of uh, he won't eat unless I'm sitting there with him while he eat his food. I'm tired of that. We ain't on no date. So that's been... <laughs> I'm so sick of the dog. I love him, but I'm tired of him. But, um, so that's my summer in a nutshell. Um, it's been very busy, um, full speed ahead. Um, but God is good. It's been busy in a good way. And so I am so thankful for all of what God is doing and has done in the Fowler house. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Congratulations, Greta. Thank on, you. On launching a young person into this world. That is just, that's amazing. That's amazing. Launching a young black man into this world. And he ready. It's, 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 and Keisha is rough though. You know, I was telling somebody for all the joy, and I think this is, I honestly think this is something Black women experience, Black moms experience, for all the joy that we have in launching, like you said, our sons, daughters, even into the world. You're happy on one hand, Mm -hmm. but on the other, you have so much, yeah, I I guess fear is the right word Mm -hmm. um, because of the world we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, we see our our children, they're beaming, they ha- they're full of possibility. Yeah. Someone else sees them as a threat. Hmm. And so trying to balance that. Um, yeah, I remember having a conversation this summer with somebody. I don't even remember who it was, but, you know, we don't get the full, full joy. Um, and I didn't mean to launch off into that, but, you know, that's a very real aspect of something I've been dealing with this summer because I've been happy, I've been joyful, but I've also been a little bit afraid. But the fact that he's home, you know, even in that, you know, people say, oh, he's just down the street. Yeah, but (laughs) it's still the world we live in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm shutting up now. Go ahead, Renee. I I didn't mean to cut you off. Child, no, I relate to that completely. You you know, uh, because... Our three boys are, uh, you know, they are stair steps and our oldest is launching uh, into his senior year of high school this year. So that means for us and our family, it will be senior year for the next three years and it will be freshman year of college, you know, for three years in a row as well. So we are, uh, you know, listening to all of those who have launched children ahead of us. And just learning from, you know, what you all are talking about. We're learning and we're trying to figure out how it's going to be for us. So, you know, that fear is, uh, it's real. I've been thinking a lot about that as well. But you didn't ask me about what I was planning for. You asked me about my summer. So, so this summer, I have spent the summer uh, healing and resting and doing the things, uh, doing the work that my soul must have. Um, so as you all know, I left pastoring, God led me out of pastoring, uh, at the end of 2022 and 
the bulk of 23 has been about me um, figuring out what my life looks like uh, past that. Um, there were a lot of circumstances that led to uh, my decision to end my time pastoring. Um, and some of them were uh, necessary and some of them were unnecessary, right? It's a lot of the circumstances uh, were, were unnecessary. And for anyone who has pastored any amount of time, you also know that um, it involves a lot of relationship building and, and being present with people. And so to no longer uh, be present with people in the same ways, uh, to have those relationships uh, changed a bit has been a lot. Um, there have been a lot of uh, pain points in the transition um, as well. And so I have been intentional about protecting my time and energy during these last uh, seven, seven months of the year, particularly in the summer, um, to ensure that I am getting what I need for my own soul care, for my mental health, for all of it. So uh, it has been um, interesting navigating uh, some of those same relationships. Now that I'm no longer pastor, I am friend to, to a lot of the folks. Um, at least I hope they consider me as friend, right? Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a really good time, very good time of introspection, of writing, reading, resting, just all the R's, just, just all the R's and enjoying my babies uh, as well, as much as, as much as we can do that and enjoying my boo. Um, I was also, my husband and I were also um, able to officiate the wedding of a dear, dear young person in our lives and her now husband, uh, someone we saw grow up in our church. And so um, doing their premarital counseling and, you know, now uh, officiating that wedding was just a real highlight of our journey um, in ministry, um, both in and outside the church. So it was really, really awesome that happened this summer. Um, we were also, you know, traveling. We did some traveling, you know, East Coast journeying and all of that stuff. Uh, got to see some of the peeps. And uh, yeah, it was, it's been a really good summer. And really, because I'm on the West Coast, it's not over yet. Like I still got summer to go. So yeah. So how about you, Keisha? Um, mine has been healing from a very different perspective. Mine has been a physical place. And I guess uh, when you stop <laughs> enough, you know, to not be doing the things, you do do some internal, uh, you know, healing as well. So I was in a car accident, kind of threw me for a loop. And so the running joke is when I call my guy bestie and we're talking about it, he's like, what is your like second or third rear end collision? I said, no, it's actually my fifth. And so I'm like, I said, the Lord was apparently not listening when I told him I don't need not another one. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I am definitely good on that. So um, yeah, it's been, you know, the slow road back uh, to, to better, but also um, just forced me to stop doing some things. But in that I've still journeyed out and done a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And so like I got to go to the Baltimore Museum and see they had a hip hop uh, culture exhibit. And so um, I really, though, I think my summer has been mostly about a discerning the what's next. And so trying to figure that out and the what is next for me, what does next look like? You know, the thing about going 
being in school often <laughs> is that, you know, like you're looking for that, you know, like it takes up so much of your time. Then you finish and you're like, well, what's next? What what do I do with that? Am I going back to school? You know, and so uh, people who love education will understand that it can be difficult once you finish a program and you sit for a while, you're like, what's next? And so that's that's kind of been where I have been for the summer is healing and discerning. So now we want to talk about what things over the summer took place that interested us that we kind of just wanted to, you know, share with you guys. I think we're going to leave Greta for last just because I think yours is a little weightier. So we're going to um, wait on that one. Mine is fun. So I'm just going to jump right in there. Y'all, TikTok is hold out on, here. On, I'm sorry. Can I say one thing? Yeah. I just want to say ditto on the school thing. I wrestle and go back and forth with that all the time. And y'all might look up and I'll be like, hey, y'all, I got in. <laughs> I know. I randomly was in the parking lot and I just sent out a bunch of like, you know, different queries. I said, this is the craziness of me and my life. I'm literally in the parking lot and I got some Chick-fil-A breakfast and then I'm like going through and I'm like, well, what about, you know, a data analysis program? Maybe it's time to go back to my original profession and get my master's and then, you know, go on from there. Y'all, it. <laughs> I feel you, Keisha. I really do. It was the most random thing. So you guys, TikTok and this filter on aging people. At first I said, I'm not falling into this trap. I'm going to just age gracefully and let it surprise me on what it is I look like as I age. And then one day I got a little bored and I decided to, you know, go through and I was going through the different, uh, you know, filters and options that they have. And I landed on that one. I said, hmm, let me just go ahead and do it. You guys, this thing is so messy, okay? It is messy because, first of all, most of the people that do it are young. And so they're like, you know, what age is it that I start to look like this? I was like, let me just try it. And I wasn't as freaked out for me about the fact that I looked older so much as when I did it, the filter really, you know, like, they always tell you, like, as you age, you start to look like the, the the people that were around you, right? Like, you're catching up to their age. And so now you can see them in you. And yo, I saw my dad. My dad, y'all. I saw my dad in myself. Yeah, so I began to petition the Lord. I was like, God, right now, hear me. I don't know how you have to change my bones structure or what you need to do, but I do not need to see my father looking back at me the rest of my life as I age. Okay. I'm going to need you to do that and switch into my mama's jeans a little bit harder because that's who I need to see. Okay. Every day when I look in the mirror, either that or Lord transition me before that part. I know y'all, but <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh so hard. My head wrap about to come off. <laughs> They transition me, Lord. <laughs> you know, just take me up, take me up, Lord, before that. <laughs> Let that be a quickening. But um, no, seriously, though, <laughs> it is funny, though, that, you know, culturally, um, you know, how 
obsessed we are with aging and the you know so many people have these hilarious videos like this one lady was like she said you mean to tell me after all these beauty products i use this is what i'm gonna end up looking like and so but the reality is is that aging happens you know and so there's been a lot of transition of older people around me and you know when you look at their um obituary pictures you really like I know for myself, I'm looking like, wow, you know, aging really does happen. And, you know, the way that you look is going to change, it's going to shift. And so I think TikTok is just helping us <laughs> meet those those versions of ourselves a little bit quicker. But it also is a, just a preparation for yourself to say, you know what, I'm more than what I look like now. This is not the totality of my experience. And so in a selfie heavy culture where we are obsessed with how we look, it's a reminder to say, hey, this is all going to change at some point. So you have to find your beauty and your love for yourself outside of a snapshot. And it has to be deeper than that. Hmm. That's good. I, I, I am a bit of a chameleon. So when I see my parents, I'm, I'm blessed to have both my parents alive and healthy and they are aging. They're aging pretty well, I think. Uh, my dad just turned 80 uh, this month and my mom just turned 79 this month. They are, they are 363 days apart. Oh. Uh, so I can see them, you know, aging and, you know, they're, they're doing it well, but I can't say who I'm going to look like. Because if I'm standing next to my mom, I look like my mom. If I'm standing next to my dad, I look just like him, you know? So I don't know. I think I'm going to get, you know, somewhere in between uh, the both of them. But um, we are, this society is absolutely so, so, so uh, enthralled with aging and, and trying doing everything to try to prevent it. But I think it's such a gift. Mm. Uh, our ancestors weren't always given the opportunity to grow old. And so, mm, that's good. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a gift uh, to us. And however I show up there, whenever whenever I get there, so be it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to look my best. But um, yeah, I'm not as worried about it. Mm -hmm. On the agent, I'll say for me, my only thing is the gray hair. I was telling my church and Bible study last night, you know, Brad and Theo got this thing about why you dye your hair? Like, do y'all not see all these gray hairs up here on my head? I don't want to go out looking like this. So, yes, I have a good relationship mm. with the dye that my stylist puts on my hair. As a matter of fact, next Friday, she going to hook it up. <laughs> and I'm going to be happy. But in terms of parents, I am a good blend, a really good mix of Irma and David. And at any given moment, I'm looking like David, sounding like Irma, or vice versa. And now, but let me let, tell me this: Should I be offended in any way when my husband says, "Ooh, you starting to look just like your mama," and he says it in a good way? Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what kind of relationship did y'all have with my mama? What's going on? But yes, he is looking forward to me looking like my mom as I get older. I'm like, I don't know. 
It is, I know, but I mess with him about that. It's a compliment. You know, uh, they say that, you know, men look at your mama to, to know how you're going to end up looking. So yep. it looks like he said, I chose her because her mama still look good he and did. it's holding up to be true. He right. absolutely did. He, wow. he did. He makes no, he makes no apologies about that. He was checking out my mom while we were dating. That's mm-hmm. what I'm like, should I be feel a certain kind of way? But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Rene, now what's one thing over these last couple of months that we haven't been taping that kind of, you know, you want to just bring out, talk about real quick? So it's it's a serious issue, right? It's not, it's not, it's ratchet uh, for sure, but um, climate change. Mm, right? Come on. I've had one of the hottest summers yep. ever, yep. ever on record. And, you know, I just wonder about the kind of planet that we're leaving to our children and their children and their children. Um, there is so much to be said and, and we don't often hear about that over the pulpit either um, about how we're to care for creation. And, you know, um, but one of the other things I, I have to name is that a lot of the damage to creation happens by corporations, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. as much our day-to-day lives as much as it is these corporations polluting our environment and using fossil fuels Mm -hmm. and, and being irresponsible um, with the gift that we've been given. And so um, how do we as believers um, basically put our money where our mouth is or put our activism, Mm -hmm. you know, where our, our climate is to, to enact change, to hold corporations accountable, to hold, you know, nations accountable to the ways in which uh, they fail to um, care for, for mama earth. So I've been thinking about that. Um, You know, I, I, I like, I like warmth, but I don't like hot, you know, I don't like the heat area. And, you know, I live in a place and I have lived here for most of my life and I've never had to have an air conditioner. Never. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The Bay wow. Area, yeah. That's not something that is a, a feature of a lot of houses. Yeah. Um, we don't have air conditioning because of our climate, but now wow. you know, we broke down about a portable air conditioner a few years ago and we're using it more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, hold mm-hmm. on. We had to make sure that the tiny house we built for my mom had air conditioning because we knew, you know, our our temperatures in the summer just get hotter and hotter. Oh, and wow. we moved towards the end of summer here in the Bay Area. Um, we have kind of a second iteration of summer where it gets even hotter, um, sometimes hotter than it is in, you know, June and July. Uh, so, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that and the ways... Uh, in which we need to start clearing our throats and speaking up about um, climate and the fact that Black people and people who are poor and people who are disabled and people who are marginalized in any capacity are and still will be the most vulnerable and the most impacted by climate change. So we have to start, you know, really thinking about the messaging and thinking about the ways in which we can uh, make our voices heard where it counts to impact uh, change. So that's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's, that's good uh, really good. I, um, 
And it's a reminder even to make sure within our pulpits that we're preaching eco-justice sermons, right? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes we don't do that within uh, Black faith traditions. Oftentimes right. we don't lean into eco-justice issues, even though, like you said, we are often the most affected by it. We're talking mm-hmm. about asthma. We're talking about, you know, just even um, I was looking at uh, New Orleans and they were talking about that, how, you know, as the you know, white folks were living closer to the water, they're moving in. And so those people who were in the middle of the land are now getting pushed out as well. So gentrification, you know, affects them because of climate change. So there's so many issues that are tied up within this. And like you said, the fact that it's not us, Mm -hmm. you know, we have little things we can do, but the impact to the ozone layer is really dependent on corporations cleaning up their act. You know, like I um, am always trying to tell, you know, Bay, like, I'm like, okay, let's recycle, let's do this. And we recycle, but, you know, he's always like, we got the ones, let me have my life, you know, like, <laughs> let me run the water the way I want to run the water. <laughs> You know, like, I feel like I'm doing my little part, but I think it became very apparent to us on the East Coast. Mm. how much our um, world is changing because we've never understood, you know, forest fires. Like Mm -hmm. we understand it for California, but Canada being on fire and the air quality, you know, in New York, even here in, you know, the DMV, the air quality was horrific because of um, the forest fires that are burning. And, you know, it's affecting, of course, the um, the Midwest as well, because they're also mm-hmm. close to the Canada. So we're talking about just, you know, air quality changes mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, and, and, and living in Maryland, we also have an extra added worry because they're having more rainstorms than we normally do. So we also have more heat, but we're also having more rainstorms than we mm-hmm. normally do. And because of our location, you know, they're like flooding is going to become more and more the norm. Mm -hmm. So it is really sad. And what's very sad is that COVID showed us that us changing, you know, factories not working as hard, talking about us not driving as much, all of those things, we saw the ozone layer actually start to heal itself. And Mm -hmm. it's very sad um, that, you know, it's such a short amount of time we saw the reverse. Right. Then as soon as we could get back, you know, out to life as normal, we're back. And even though we can see that, you know, we really do have the opportunity to heal the world and make it better. So it is very um, sad, frustrating. And like you said, we've got to figure out how it is we use our voices to ensure that their real change happens because we have generations behind us. And, you know, we've kind of had that that joke about the like, you know, the dystopian world that, you know, we could live in because of, you know, climate effects. And right. yet still, we just like watch the movie and keep it moving. Yep. And, and like you said, Keisha, there's a lot. Yes, the bulk of it is on the corporations. But I, I think about my family and I, there's more that we can do. You know, we recycle every now and then. Um, but we could definitely do better. And so, yeah, that's my takeaway from this, that there is a part that we all can play. Yes, we need to lift our voices. Yes, we need to 
hold corporations and whatnot accountable, but we also have to hold ourselves accountable as well. Yeah. Oh, uh oh, it sounds like uh, the good people at your new church better watch out as an eco justice servant coming for them. It's coming, it's on the way. You know what? I, I, I like to challenge myself with my preaching, that's one I haven't done before. Mm. So I have to put that put that in the rotation somewhere. Not rotation, yeah. but on the list. Put that on the list. And um, if you're looking for topics to consider with eco justice, recycling is one. But also, our use of technology is harming the world. Mm. So yes. Our um, you know need to change out our cell phones every two years just to mm. get the latest technology mm-hmm. is harming mm-hmm. the world at alarming rates. And so um, that's one of the things, you know, I've definitely uh, preached on when I do eco-justice sermons. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for something that's a um, area because one, it talks about us and our capitalistic nature, you know, mm-hmm. and our capitalism. Mm-hmm fuels what we're seeing and how yeah. we can personally make decisions that seemingly are small, but very impactful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good, it, another good word. That sounds like a, a show topic. Mm. I think so. I think we should go there. Um, there's, there's, and there's also the, the field of eco womanism, right? The, the strain of uh, womanism that deals with creation care. So we can mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. folk on there that, you know, deal specifically in eco womanism. Have them on the show. Okay. All right. I I honestly hadn't even heard about that. So I'm loving that. Yep. 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 Um, I will say one last thing. Churches can also make a a, a huge impact, you know, creating their uh their systems, you know, Mm. revising and auditing systems to make sure that Mm -hmm. it is not only efficient, but it's energy efficient, that Mm -hmm. it's you know, you're recycling paper, plastic, and all the things. Right. You're doing, you know, making sure that the purchases that you make aren't, you know, purchases that are harming the environment. Opting yes. for uh, biodegradable utensils for your your fellowship hour, your your um, and your repasts that are at your church. You know, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Those do make a difference. Yes, mm. and also this is one of my um, one of my friends did. Uh, um, that whole thing. He did it from an economic perspective, but mm-hmm. also just, um, you know, helping in general to do better. And so the paper that we print mm-hmm. in the Black church. Yep. I just need to turn my camera and my mic off. I'm sorry, y'all. Because listen, listen, though. Guilty, guilty. I made sure that we were no longer printing at my church, no longer printing bulletins. We put everything in a text message or or on the mm. website and we tell you where to get it. You do yeah. not have to print bulletins every week. And people are like, oh, well, the saints, the seniors are not going to, the seniors are the main one on the internet looking at the website. <laughs> they are the main ones. Right. And, uh, and yes, it can be done. It can be. And here's the thing. If seniors are our concern, Mm-hmm. The seniors who requested, because a lot of times for us, the sick and shut in seniors were the ones who wanted it. That was their, mm-hmm. you know, connection. We printed mm-hmm. just for them. Yeah. That's good. Everybody else were like, go to the website or we had a QR code, scan mm-hmm. the QR code if you really want the bulletin. But the reality is the majority of folks don't listen. Mm-hmm. Like they, mm-hmm. they don't That's true. Because they call you asking you, well, what time is the event on Thursday night? I didn't see that nowhere. I could, they don't be reading the bulletin. 
And let me let me just clarify. I don't print bulletins now. I have not for several years. However, I am very guilty of having done that. And I still, for whatever reason, use a lot of paper. I'm looking around my office now and, and it's pretty mm -hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Look, Gretty, we have iPads, you know. I'm like, I got my notes on my iPad. I know it does not always feel the same, but you know. It, it, yeah. it does help. It does help. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm just a slow transitioner. It's I'll a, get there one day. It's okay. You know, look, this is this is the prick. You know, it's the prick to get you to do <sighs> It feels like a boot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me get my story. I know time is of the essence a little bit. So the one that really hit home for me, and I guess because it originated in the Birmingham area, was Carly Russell, um, her disappearance or not disappearance. Um, of course, we know the story. She says she's driving alone, sees a child walking on the highway. Um, she stops, whatever, you know, the sequence, whatever the sequence was, but she stops and she herself becomes missing. Um, of course, there were pleas for prayers. Um, of course, our hearts went out. I know mine did um, because it was believable to me. Um, it still is. Who's to say that that can't happen um, in the world that we live today? Um, and so my heart really went out to her, her mom. Uh, of course, when whenever you hear someone is missing or has been kidnapped, that's that's the reaction. Our hearts go out, our hearts bleed. We go into prayer. The part that got me, hoax or not, was yes, we were praying. We're praying for a miracle. We're praying for her to return safely. When she shows up, we did nothing but critique and criticize and put sister on blast as though God had not answered the prayer. Now, like I said, I know it was a hoax, but the way it played out, it bothers me, it still bothers me that we could have something like that happen. Let's say it was real. Um, that Something like that can happen. We pray, we pray, we pray. God seemingly answers our prayers and we have an issue with it. What is that about? Hmm. And so, you know, I, I'm not even, you know, whatever. It was a host. Okay. But my main concern is what does it say about us, particularly those who identify as Christians, when our prayers are seemingly answered and we can't even rejoice and celebrate with the person or with the thing or about the thing that we've been praying for? That's the part that hurt me. Um, I hear you. <laughs> I, I definitely, I was like, I celebrated that she was back, but then I was like, yo, she was playing with us. She was playing in our face. Mm -hmm. um, playing all your eyeballs. Right. <laughs> uh, and so I heard someone make a comment and they said, you know, that yes, we're thankful that she's back, but we do also need to understand that this, in this generation, the word accountability Mm, absolutely. It is 
not something that is very um, well understood. People mm -hmm. like this expect you to get over things. And so accountability was one of the, the things that, you know, really kind of stuck out to me. The other thing that stuck out to me about the story was how many people made the statement that, you know, now, you know, it makes it harder for when, you know, other black women go missing. Yeah. And I am very offended by that statement because the reality is we all acted in the way we should act when mm -hmm. a black woman goes missing. It should mm -hmm. be on the news. It should be that we're sharing the stories. Mm -hmm. It should be mm -hmm. that we're praying about it. And so, yes, this incident turned out not to be real, but the reality is that we know statistically, most times it's not a hoax. Right. Most times right. it is right. it, it is a serious issue. And so rather than focusing on the hoax aspect of it, we need to be continuing to ensure and not giving officials and out by saying, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, well, look, this last time, no, the reality is mm -hmm. that's not mm -hmm. the case. But we don't need to give them their outs. And unfortunately, that's exactly what, what happens. You know, mm -hmm. this now to me, in my opinion, this now becomes the, the model case or the case model. What is it? The precedent. It becomes mm -hmm. the precedent in, in some ways of, um, it just lessens the, what what's the word, um, the level of trust that was already shaky to begin with, and so now it just made that worse. But I'm still I'm I'm still sifting through the fact that we prayed the prayers were answered and we had issue with that, regardless of the hopes, because we we tend to do that, and so yeah, that that bothers me. I will say that um, I remember in November 1987 when Tawana Brawley mm -hmm. accused these men of raping her mm -hmm. and that turned out to be a hoax. Mm. And the response is right around what it should have been. You know, mm -hmm. there was immediate media attention. There was, you know, some people were brought in, you know, brought in or not, mm -hmm. not brought in, but they were investigating, you know, and multiple agencies were involved because she was 15. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was so incredibly sad. So first of all, I'm glad that nothing happened to her, but it was very sad because all of the attention, you know, all of this manpower, all of this, mm -hmm. energy, all of these mm -hmm. prayers were directed her way. And really, you know, I don't even remember what the issue was for her. Was, she, was it a cry for attention or what? Mm -hmm. But it was, it was definitely more than what she could have expected as a 15 year old child. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I look at, at Carly Russell's situation. Similarly, she doesn't probably did not anticipate the level of attention mm -hmm. would get. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. But I, I do feel like, you know, yeah, it was kind of like, Oh, you know, now the next Black girl, same. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Takesha, to your point, that is exactly what should happen. That should be a model mm -hmm. for what should happen because folks was was on the highways and the hedges. Mm -hmm. looking mm -hmm. so I I know personally someone, a, a pastor, uh, I'm acquainted with him rather. He was out there handing out leaflets. He had his whole congregation wow. eyes quick, like this is wow. one of our. Let's go. 
and now he feels some kind of way, mm. I pray that we will still um, not be jaded and mm -hmm. not so, you know, in a huff about this, that we won't go do the same thing for the next girl or boy. Amen. Let's say Amen. that. Um, yeah. Because if a Tawana Brawley came, you know, you know, accusing someone of something horrible, I would, I know I would be ready to jump as well. How dare somebody do that to one of our babies? You know what I mean? So I, I pray that we still remain sensitive uh, in our hearts and just, you know, human, right? Yeah. So you're not so jaded and, and questioning every single thing, but we right. hear the cry of the those who are most vulnerable. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I have a friend who's um who had someone go missing in her life and, and it was a mm. young black girl. It's a really big story here. And um, you know, her her statement I think is where we need to just leave this is she said mm -hmm. as someone who is who came out with someone on the other side of this mm -hmm. we absolutely need to do this and so we need to remember that there are families that really lose people mm -hmm. because Jesus. there is an action that's taken and so mm -hmm. this is not just about an internet moment but this is about mm -hmm. people's actual lives and when we come right. from that place and help us. So you guys, we're so grateful that you joined us as we jump back into our new season, season two, episode one. And we just want you to look forward to what's coming up next. We're going to talk about spiritual bypassing, which is something we kind of explored later. We want to come and bring in um, Dr. Shaniqua uh, back and talk about her new book. We're going to talk about uh, African spirituality. We're delving into that. And y'all, even from this conversation, we want to talk about eco-womanism, ecology, how we take care of our world, and then empty nesting. It's a whole lot coming up in season two. So make sure that you are tuned in. Make sure that you follow us. And every Tuesday, we will be dropping new episodes for you guys so that we can continue to take this righteous, ratchet, and real journey together. And so please, our ask for you is that you would leave us a review. Leave us a review when you listen to it. Just talk about if the podcast blessed you, what aspect blessed you, and then share the podcast with somebody else because we come in harder for season two. We try to get these numbers up and get these follows up, right? We try to get the community to be larger. So thank you guys so much. And Look forward to, you know, hitting y'all with the newest thing next week. Would it help if we say pretty please with a cherry on top? <laughs> please, pretty, pretty, please. Y'all know I ain't got no sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, y'all. We are out. Bye. Bye. Bye.